I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here today. And you know, you're going to hear somebody's story that I think is going to really inspire you. Uh, Pastor Chris McRae is the pastor of Sojourn Church uh, in the Dallas suburb of Carrollton. But he did not uh, always, he didn't start obviously as a pastor, nobody does. But I think there's a point where you would have seen him many years ago and thought, lead pastor of a, of a successful church in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? No, I, I don't know about that. That's the thing. God's got a plan. Uh, and he's got a great one for all of us. And there are some things that we need to do to uh, allow him to get us there. And I think he, he's going to show us a good path. Pastor Chris, good to have you on Life Today Live. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be a part. <laughs> well, and it, it's great to see you. I mean, um, our, our organization, Life Outreach International, my parents, James and Betty Robinson, they go way back with the founding pastor, Sojourn. And so to see what God has done over the years through individuals and through churches, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. But your story, oh my goodness, take us back to where you even want to start so we can see the incredible path that God's brought you on. Well, it has been a journey, and God is faithful. Um, we can attest to that. We He's walked with us. Um, I got, you know, I'll, you know, saved at age eight on a Thursday night after the Cosby Show. <laughs> My mother led me to the Lord beside her bed. Um, but then I, I really wanted to be in ministry. Uh, and so at 16 years old, uh, Pastor Robert Morris uh, came to our church when he was traveling and he still calls me tree trunk to this day. And he said, stand up tree trunk. Uh, and I stood up and he said, you're going to be in ministry. You're going to, I see kids all around you. I see you uh, not only just doing ministry, but, you know, preaching the word. And uh, he goes, and you, there's always going to be a spot on the wall for you for ministry. And I remember walking out with my friends that night going, I know that he missed that. I'm going to go play football for Arkansas. I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And years later, when I uh, graduated from the King's University, he handed me my diploma and he said, how about that word I gave you, tree trunk? <laughs> and uh, so God has, a, he's, he's, he's just an interesting, you know, when I came to Sojourn Church, I was 19 years old, going to Christ for the Nations. Um, and that's where I met my wife. My wife is from New Hampshire. Uh, and um, we we met, and that you're talking about a journey. Uh, we needed a place to do internship. Uh, that's local church internship was one of the classes. And we, um, we came up on Sojourn Church because one of the elders of Sojourn Church, who's now an elder at, at Gateway, which is Steve Doolin, uh, I worked for him for a little while. And so he said, come intern at our church. So that's what I did. I go, uh, you know, being in Bible school, the first thing you think of is that um, I am the best thing to ministry since sliced bread. You got this mentality that I am, I am it. Uh, so I walked up to the team and I said, um, you know, where would you like for me to preach? How can I minister to your people? And uh, you know what? They handed me a broom, a mop, a duster, and a vacuum. And for three and a half years, I was the janitor at Sojourn Church at 19 years old, vacuuming, um, cleaning, uh, washing windows, 
And the founding pastor, who was a senior pastor at the time, Terry Moore, who's my spiritual father and has been since I was 19, uh, he would come in and he said, he said, Chris, what are you doing? And I'd have yellow gloves on or apron, you know, I'm vacuuming. And I said, I am, what is it, what is it, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm in the church. And he would say to me, Chris, you know what? This is the most important job in the whole church. Did you know that? And I was like, no, it's not. Your job is the most important <laughs> job in the whole church. Are you kidding me? He, he said, and he he goes, I'm telling you, this is the most important job in the whole church. And I was like, how is that? You're standing on the platform ministering to, you know, hundreds of people on Sunday morning. That is, that's where, that's the goal. That's it. And he said, no, it's not. What you're doing is the most important job. I go, tell me how it is. How is that the most important job in the whole church? And he said, Chris, you're the first one in the room. You're the first one to come to come in the room and you set the tone for the, you know what meetings you're going to have here. You know, you know what they're getting ready to do. He goes, you set the spiritual atmosphere for the rooms. He goes, when you come in, you know the people. So start praying over them. Pray over the chairs as you're vacuuming. Pray over the the different places that you know you're going to be. Pray that each person would have an encounter with the Lord. Pray that they would they would they would touch God. That God would touch them and they'd be transformed and changed. And uh, I didn't see it at the time, but for three and a half years, God was molding me, shaping me to to love His people. And my platform was cleaning that cart that I pushed around. That was my pulpit. That cart that had the broom and the mop and the duster, and that magic green stuff that I sprayed on the toilets. That was, that was my, it wasn't anointing oil, but that's what I did. I spray. And so I, I learned to love God's people by serving them because you know this, that, that God says, uh, Jesus said this, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So that was three, that was teaching. So whatever Pastor Terry needed us to do, Vanessa and I, we got married at the church. We have four children, two boys and two girls. We dated, married, and had our career at Sojourn Church. <laughs> and so, so we, yeah, go ahead. Look, yeah, well, I just want to ask because uh, you, <clears throat> you, it sounds like a great story now. I was the janitor, you know, the pastor told me I was setting the tone, that kind of thing. You, you said I didn't see it at the time. Um, yes, sir. Did it feel like punishment at the time for you? Or did you, were you able to say, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to do my best to be faithful because it is hard to see during those moments what God's doing. It was both and, Randy. Okay. I'll just tell you, it was both and. I, I felt like I was being punished. You know, and people would say to me, why are you doing this? You have such a gift. You have this or that. I go, what, well, you know, so I'd go sometimes. i never forget this. This is a story I want, I want to say. that I remember one time some of my friends who were working for some big name pastor um, and they were traveling in a jet and they called me and they said, hey, we're going to be on TBN, and we're interviewing your pastor. Um, we're interviewing your pastor. Are you going to be there? And, Randy, I, I kid you not, I was in the bathroom when he called. I had my the phone, and I had yellow gloves on, and I was, and I, and I was cleaning the bathrooms. And I, looked, and I looked at my gloves, and I said, no, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> we're interviewing. They were interviewing Pastor Terry. And I go, no, I'm not going to make it. I go, oh, we thought we'd be able to see you. And when I hung up the phone, I was like, Lord, what are you doing? I can't, I don't know why. I mean, I'm into Bible school for crying out loud. I'm, I'm more than, I mean, I'm thinking that, but God was, he was shaping me. So it felt like punishment to answer your question. And it also felt like, it felt like I, you know, I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I have, I'm, I'm going to trust you. You said, lean not to our own understanding, uh, but acknowledge you in all of our ways and you'll direct our path. So I don't see the end from the beginning, but I know you're good. Uh, you know, and what I love about that most is is that you 
you did trust. You ha- you you didn't have to. I say you had to, but you really didn't have to. You chose. I don't understand this, God. It does not feel like where I should be. It does not feel important. It does not feel like I'm contributing to your kingdom in the way that you know in my heart I want to. But yes, I'm right. going to trust uh, because of the godly spiritual authority around me. I'm going to trust, and therefore, I'm going to make this the best, the cleanest toilet anyone's ever sat on during That's church, right. right? That's right. You know, a funny story is Pastor Terry came in, and he was like, you're in the bathroom. He'd come in when I always would have a... It's funny, I'd come, I'd always have a bad attitude when he would walk in for some reason. The Lord just told him I was having a bad attitude. I don't know what that was about. He'd walk in and I, and we'd be in, we were in the bathroom one time and he said, uh, he goes, yeah, man, set the tone. I go, we're in the bathroom. There's no tone setting here. Uh, and he said, yeah, you can set the tone. I go, what do I pray for? Do I pray for somebody to get healed? This brother needs healing over here. He's in this stall. I don't know exactly what to pray for. How do I, how do I pray for somebody in the bathroom? But it was all right. It was, it was the Lord setting the tone in me and his tone. Uh, and so it was a, it's been a dynamic ride. It was been a wild ride because I didn't know I was going to ever get out of that deal, but mm-hmm. I, it, I, I grew uh, comfortable and loving vacuuming and doing the things that he called me to do. And he was, he was grooming my heart for something better. So take us from there. Um, when did you take off the gloves and what did you do next? After, after the gloves, <clears throat> it was children's ministry. And then children's ministry, junior high youth ministry, junior high youth ministry, senior high youth ministry, and wherever they wanted me to be, that's what I did. I served wherever they wanted me to serve. And um, I'm talking about uh, groups or whatever it is. I love, and that's, again, my love for people came from serving and being the janitor. And so um, became that. And years later, uh, the executive pastor, one of the executive pastors at the church, and um, and like the journey continues, I'm in 2020 became the senior pastor of the church, never knowing that God was preparing me for that, yeah. uh, for that role. Um, you know, you know, the journey you start off going, I have no idea where I'm going, but I didn't know he was preparing my heart and preparing Vanessa and I for that, for the role that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, when I was in college at Oral Roberts University and people ask me, are you going to be in ministry? Are you going to do what your dad did? I'm like, no, I am. <laughs> no, never Mm-mm. never gonna go on television and ask people for money but we do it because we raise money for missions and i have no no, no problem asking to help someone in need don't yes i'm right. asking for myself uh, the book i want to show people your book real quick this is not the book that's our logo thank you this is the book shot in the dark um by okay. chris mccray uh one man's story of surrender and survival explain what that means um, it is a story of a, a hunting accident that I had uh, where I, I thought I was going to die. In all actuality, I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a story of God's redemption. Uh, it's a story that talks about uh, the reason why we called it a shot in the dark is because um, I was shot in a hunting accident at night and, um, and should have died. So I survived. But the reason why we called it that is not just because I was shot at night. Is, but it's because the book is about anybody who thinks their life is just uh, they're being lived out and by happenstance. So you feel like, well, and that's what we say sometimes. The phrase is, this may be a shot in the dark, but I'm going to say it. This may be a shot in the dark, but I'm going to do it. God, God is saying your life is not a shot in the dark. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has, he has uh, 
things, good things in store for us. He's working things out for good. He's always in the details and he's moving on our behalf. So that's why we called it a shot in the dark because your life is not a shot in the dark. And even though the enemy uh, may try to thwart uh, God's plan or try to get you off the, the, the plan and the purposes of God, we realize that no weapon, including AK-47s, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, he condemns, and that's in the word of God. Uh, was it an AK that got you? It was 7.62 hollow point bullet. Oh. Um, no, and it was, you know, if you ever, your dad's an avid hunter. My, my, uh, spiritual father, Terry's yeah. hunted with him some, oh, yeah. uh, and he was here. He spoke at our church last year. Uh, um, James did. And so I, I love him, but the truth is, yeah, it was a, you know, what? a hollow point bullet is designed to take you out. And I got shot with that. What were you, what were you doing? Hog hunting or something? It was a hog hunt. Uh, we were deer hunting. That's a story. It's in the book. But it was, you know, we call it a a pastoral re- planning retreat. But really, we're deer hunting, and we're playing. We are. We do plan, but we were deer hunting. But at night, we had had the guy had a hog problem, and so there he was. Uh, so if you ever seen hogs, they, there's a group of them, and you want to get off sometimes as many shots as you can. Well, the guy that was with with us in our group, um, novice hunter, but at the same time he. Um, had an AK-47 with a banana clip, uh, and um, <clears throat> I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, had a black shirt on at night. Um, I don't know if you have seen this, Randy. I've never seen a hog driving a four-wheeler. I've, ne- I've never seen I've seen that happen, but I was on top of a four-wheeler, and um, I joke about that. I was like, you didn't see me on the four-wheeler? But um, it, the, the way it was set up, it looked like, um, you know, just a shadow in the, in the you know, and I was in a hog waller, a place where hogs congregate, and he fired four shots. Uh, the first shot went in my side here and uh, my one side and just exited out the other one. Uh, the The next shot got my arm, my right arm, and the next two shots uh, went by my head. And the only reason why he stopped is because the last shot hit one of the rims, uh, hit a rim on the four-wheeler, and it sparked. And he realized that hogs don't spark. And so nice. that's how he stopped. But he had many more bullets, so, but the first two got me. He was actually shooting at you then. It wasn't yeah, he was shooting. He was shooting no, at well, you. Yeah, he was actually, because he, he thought he thought I was an animal. Uh, like I said, I've never seen one drive a four-wheeler before, but yes, I um, <laughs> Well, I was I sitting mean, on top of that. Not novice hunter, because the number one rule of hunting is, is identify what you're shooting before you pull that trigger. That's right. <clears throat> and I've been hunting. Man. I grew up hunting my whole life. Yeah, so you get that. Um, yeah. I do get it. Yeah, it, um, but it, it, a lot of people have been hurt because someone saw the bushes move. Well, that doesn't yes. necessarily mean that what you're wanting to. Okay, boy. boy yes, boy, sir. Boy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so immediately the blood started pouring out of my side. I could feel it running out of my side. Uh, the the burning. I can't describe the pain. I try to tell it in the book, but the pain was so excruciating. Uh, so you think about a hot twisting, burning sensation, sharp pain, all at the same time, which your your insides are blown open. There's a small entry entry wound, wound, and then there's a huge gaping wound or the exit wound on on my right side that's open and blood is just pouring out of there, down my jeans and into my boots. And I I cannot breathe. I can't breathe because because it just blew open a hole. You could stick your fist inside on the right side how big that's how big the hole was i'm not trying to be gross but it was just it was excruciating pain if you 
Uh, and so I'm laying there, I can't breathe, and they walk over, it's two guys, and I thought they saw me, Randy. I really, I thought they saw me sure. because they had spotlights on me. Yeah. And I was just getting ready to throw my hand up. And um, and I heard, him, I heard one of them say, do you see him? And I thought, I thought to myself, okay, they see me, but I'm just in case I was going to throw my hands up and just say, hey, I'm over here. But then the next thing I heard after he said, do you see him, was the words, okay, shoot. And then that's when fire, just fired four shots. And um and so they came over and they thought that there was an animal on the ground but it was me, and uh, couldn't I couldn't breathe and I just I, only thing I got out was I'm shot. Yeah. And so um you know it was a I, it was a horrific. I mean even talking about it now, I'm thinking about the fact that it was it was horrific. It was a, it was the worst thing ever. Um and they tell you that your life flashes before your eyes. Yeah. Um but I I want to tell you. That's true, but it really, what the first thing that came to my mind was my family, my wife and kids. Because my wife was uh, seven months pregnant with our youngest daughter oh, boy. at the time. So she had to get that phone call. Uh, and But at the same time, I, I, the guy who shot me was a, was a good friend. And I just said to him, I said, listen, you tell my wife I love her. Oh. I, I, in, between, in between breathing hard and... <laughs> And trying to catch my breath. I go, tell my wife I love her. Tell her this was an accident. Tell her that I'm sorry I'm not going to be there. Uh, please tell her that that because of, of uh, that I, that our marriage has, has been amazing. I've loved being married to her. And then I start going down the line with the kids. I go, tell Ainsley, who's our youngest, our oldest daughter. I said, tell Ainsley I love her so much. And I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to walk her down the aisle. Tell her that. Tell CJ. CJ, let's, let CJ know that I'm that I love him. I won't be able to throw the ball with him. He was playing baseball, you know, at the time. So tell him I won't be able to throw the ball with him, but I'll 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 be there in spirit and tell Luke, tell Luke, um, you know, that I love him. And I didn't, you know, at the time, knew Braden is our youngest daughter who's going to Christ for the Nations now, where uh, Vanessa and I met. And I just went down the line and just that's the first thing that came to my mind. And that's what I said. In between trying to get my breath and the muscle spasms of the trying to get together, it was it was pretty it was pretty wild yeah i i can't even imagine where where were you as far as ministry goes at that point what was your minute where i was i was a youth pastor at that moment i was okay. a junior high youth pastor and uh, i was even yeah it was that was wild Would, um when you look back on that though do you do, do you get any idea of why you would go through that i mean is it just you know we know bad things happen to good people we know it's a fallen world or was there a design or was this one of those things where it's bad, but God makes something good out of it? How do you, how do you reflect on that? I think it's just what you just said. It was something that was bad, something that, you know, the Bible talks about what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. Uh, and so it was a bad situation where, again, there's been people, there was somebody shot in the same area um, same uh, geographical area with a 22 and he bled out and died. So I don't know. I, I don't have answers to that. I'm shot with a higher caliber. And when he was shot with a 22, I was shot with a higher caliber. Uh, and I'm, and I'm still here. I don't know the answers, but I do know that in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of, of something so horrific that God gets the glory. That's why I'm here right now. Just because I know God gets the glory yeah. and, um, he he can turn it for good. You walked any kids down the aisle yet? Uh, no, not, not yet. yet. Uh, oh, I'm about to. My my son CJ just got engaged. Nice. I'm not going to walk him down the aisle, but uh, <laughs> right, he just right. got engaged. He's getting married next month uh, to to a young girl named Robin. And uh, yeah, 
you know, God's God's good. Uh, so boy, I get to still boy, be a boys part of the, that. Boys are the easy ones. It's the girls that, that, that yes. get you. But <laughs> what my my point my point being that that did surviving that what did that do to every day? You know what I mean? Are, yes, sir. I do. Uh, it caused me to see things totally different. Uh, there's there's things that happen all the time. We have issues. People have problems. There's things that go on. But it causes you to trust the Lord. One of the things is I was flat on my back, Randy, for so long. Mm-hmm. And so I'm laying on my back, and I can't do anything. I mean, I, have a, I, mean, I can't do anything. And you have to rely on people. Same thing with the Lord. I, I mean, is Lord, you, either you get me out of this or I'm, I, I'm not going to make it. It's the same thing with life. There's there's situations and things that that you see everyday life. People going through things, and it gives you uh, love and compassion. You know, the Bible says Jesus, uh, when he saw the multitudes, he he saw them without a shepherd and and scattered, and uh, and he and the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. Yeah. I'm telling you, God. I mean, even though I love people. Uh, even during that time of me being a janitor, but it was even more so of how 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 fragile life is. Mm-hmm. It's but it's gone since the vapor, and so you realize that you try to live life to the fullest. Uh, you do do the things that that God's called you to do today, so that I mean that's why I love I love life today because that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Yeah. We're living yeah. life today and live it like there's no tomorrow, uh, which causes us to be able to walk in the will and ways of God. And uh, and accomplish his his purpose, and then he gets the glory from it. So it's amazing. Yeah, so good. All right, I want to show people your website. Uh, this right here is chrismcrayministries.org. Uh, you can get link to the book, find out more about Chris. Um, do you have uh, this, this? Are the Sojourn Church uh, sermons on there? Or are they over on the Sojourn website? They're on the Sojourn website uh, and on YouTube. Um, I I enjoy preaching, uh, and so yeah, you can you can catch the sermons and the services on Sunday. Uh, on you know they can live stream them, but yes, they're over there on the website. My book and being able to do ministry opportunities are on can be on the website. Okay, cool. So you want to you want to check out more, Pastor Chris McCray? You can do that. Last word, Chris. When uh, what what word does God put on your heart generally? that you just want everybody to hear? Because I'm, I'm guessing there's at least one, if not two or three. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a bunch, but one specifically. <laughs> so I'll give you one word, and then I'll give you a phrase. Um, one word is the is the word hope. Hmm. I believe that God's given me a message of hope to be able to give to people who don't have any. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And uh, I believe that when, even in the midst of all the things that are going on in this world, that God wants to infuse us with hope. I believe that, uh, I like see, I, I see it as like being hooked up to an IV at the hospital when you're depleted of all your fluids, you're depleted of, of, of whatever it is that, that you have going on. And there's an IV from heaven that's hooked up that wants to infuse hope into your veins, into your soul. And so that, that is the message that God's given me, that you can, from any situation that you got going on, you can look up to the God of hope so that he can infuse hope into your life. That's one thing. Another thing, the last thing is, is that we have a phrase of, that we use at, at Sojourn Church. I just do it every time I preach, every time we share. And that is, I tell our people, I said, when you walk out those doors and you go through the other doors, you're going to go out and you're going to be the church 
and then they say to the unchurched. And that's the message that God's given us also is that we are not just to go to church, but God's called us to be the church, not just trying to gather in a building, not just trying to come into a, a, a place where you can hear some songs and a message, but to equip people to do the work of the ministry and to go out and really be the church to the unchurched. And so that's what that's the message and what I believe God's called us called us to do. So those are the ones in my heart. You can believe it because, I mean, the guy survived four gunshot wounds to come tell you that today. So I appreciate you, Pastor Chris, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank sharing. Thank you so much for having us on. <laughs> thank, on. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching. If you want to check out his book, it is called Shot in the Dark, available wherever you get books. Also at his website at uh, Chris McRae Ministries, as well as Sojourn Church over in Carrollton, Texas, just outside of Dallas, Sojourn church uh that's sojourn i'm sorry sojournchurch.org correct yes right yeah, yes sir it is. all right so we've got that uh you can check all that out appreciate you being here hope this is giving you a little bit of uh hope and inspiration today because it should because god's good god no matter what we go through he's faithful and when we're faithful he elevates us and uh it just it's just true and so it's it's fun to hear someone be able to look back on their life and say I didn't get it at the time but I was as faithful as I could be and God's always faithful to me we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live